Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Uh, welcome back. Crunch time thanks to Red Rooster's new crunchy fried chicken available at selected restaurants and the all-new seven-seat Isuzu MUX is the way to do that. Exhilarating, exceptional, extraordinary. Search all new MUX today. Uh, you can have your say, by the way. one 1170 is the way to have your say. And we're going to do this as Michael sends this in, Spud. Mm. We're going to be calling the Cowboys Take You on the Dragons. Mm. They're looking ahead to next year. But it's been a tough year in lockdown. So if you've got a friend, a relative, somebody who needs to be pepped up a little bit, let us know and we'll get them into the commentary. For example, it might be Blake Laurie who plays the ball back away. They shift it to the left-hand side. And Jersey Komarowski gets the ball, for example. Michael from Bomb Beach. He says, guys, I'd love to hear you try and get Jersey Komarowski's name into your commentary. He played six games for Para back in 1969. He obviously had a very short career, but he's definitely got a very memorable name, Michael from Bomb Beach. Well, that's what we'll do. We'll get uh, play names like that into the call. What about, uh, what about if we put someone like um, maybe Paul Kent in? Because yes. he played one game. Kenty. They're yeah. getting him in. Anyone who needs a bit of a pepper, <laughs> maybe Kenty um, does. Dan Wiley, the Australian actor. Yeah. We always ha- used to have a thing um, on stage where if you lost the bet, um, when we went out to do a play, you had to say, take off your trousers um, <laughs> on stage or, or in a scene on television. Put, that in, put it away. in somewhere. Yeah, yeah, you'd be out and you'd be up like... How many years have we been doing this? Take off your trousers. <laughs> and you just had to like try to, and if you didn't, you know, you'd get punished. Oh. So you had to find a way to put take off your I trousers. I talked about take off your trousers, Joel, right? <laughs> Seriously, I, I went and seen Brendo in that. What was that play? Um, it was at the little Belvedere Theatre. Oh, the Belvoir, Dark Bel- Room. Oh, the dark room. Belvedere. Yeah. I, I got my own way of saying things. What was it called again? The Dark Room. The Dark it Room. It was at the Belvoir Street Theatre. I went, went with Wayne yeah. Blair, and, and Wayne's, Wayne Blair's telling me, saying things like, Spud, you've got etiquette, you've got to watch yourself, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, and I'm not going to yell out and start clapping and carrying on anyway. But there's a scene where Brendan was un- in, under the sheets and um, it was it, it was interlude or have a bit of a break. And we've come out and the lights are on this bed. Next thing he just gets out and he's, he's stark. As, oh, that's Miss Julie. Was it Miss Julie? Well, yeah, was, yeah. Like, I come he, out, he knew I'm, exactly I'm, where I was. Yeah. And he had to go and pick something up. And he's turned his backside towards me. I've seen the big Jats crackers look at me. <laughs> and I'm like, I feel like going, you're right there. Right? <laughs> it was one of the funniest moments. He just knew exactly where I was. He, he got out of his bed and he's like, oh, okay, the wheels are out. Next thing he's just turned his backside and picked something. Oh, mate. It was I had to put the shorts on, so I used to find someone in the audience <laughs> and just go right over there, then spin round and just give them the whole, all the information. Oh yes, <laughs> I mean that's what you pay your ticket for, isn't it? Oh, it's that's bad. live theatre, and that's what we're missing. Well, these I've days. only seen three plays, and you've been in two of them, so yeah, exactly. Fantastic. I know. I remember in the downstairs theatre, um, sp- <laughs> walk on stage. Spud's taken up about half of it. It's this tiny little theatre, little bench seats. There's these legs that's and right. thighs, and arms. Are like, how's this bloke fitting in here? Oh. I tell you, this I, I laughed at this, and, and good on you, Muhab. Uh, so Muhab texts this in oh four five seven. 736736. He says, uh, Hi, Joel and Finchie. Sign me up for that Zoom call. That sounds awesome. Sends his email, which is great. And I, and, and I will keep you there, Muhab, for next week's Zoom. We'll throw you on the list. And then, and then writes, uh, Sorry, boys, disregard that last message. I'm listening to the podcast of last night. <laughs> <laughs> so, Muhab, uh, on. mate, we'll throw you on. We'll throw you on next week, mate. But we appreciate uh, your humour in all of that. Uh, Sharky's come in and he said, um, Rick Astley, uh, never going to give up. 
That was a I'm song. never going to give up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. I think he did do a cover of Crying in the Chapel. And did he not do the ballad Quicksand? He says Crying in the Chapel, Pete Blakely. Oh, Pete Blakely. I'm yeah. getting my Pete Blakely to my Rick Astley's mixed up. <laughs> hey, Common mistake. I'm human. Yeah. I'm flawed. I've got exactly. one here from my uh, brother-in-law, Rod. He, he likes to listen to our show, SEN 1170. But he's, he said, I heard that Sharon Stone was the number 16 pick whoa. for Basic Instinct. Is that right? What scene was it? What did they go in there and say, okay, I want you to sit down Wait, there? And... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I'm just asking what scene is, mate. Right. You're in the game. but yeah. Yeah. Was it say, hi, I'm, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, number, I 16, I number sixteen. Number sixteen. I'd, I'd say they wouldn't be auditions when you're at that level. It's just offers because the the movie star gets the money yep. for the movie. That's why they have so much power. Right. So they it'd just be like who's they just go down the list of who is the most bankable stars. But you, you know, know when they pick the main lead, right, and then they have a, a, a sidekick. Yeah, just say the sidekick kicks his ass, as in does a performance that blows him off. Or is it? Or someone's well, that's very standard. Is because the the lead part is often not the most exciting role. Yeah, because the lead part stuff happens to them. You know what I mean? They they don't. Whereas the the guy next to him, he's making stuff happen. Yes. Like he's the character. But that's why those Malkovich, Philip Seymour Hoffman, all those actors, yeah. they kill it in every movie because they come in and go. I've got the crazy yeah. guy. I've got the guy with more flamboyance. Where's the Tom Cruise in the middle going? Okay. How am I going to deal with this? You do know? they um the directors if he, can he if he, if the director senses that does he pull him back or does he just let him keep going? Well, I think it'd be different. I think I've seen movie stars mm. kind of say, "Hey, can that guy settle down?" Because yeah. he's you know as they say, eating up the scenery. Mm. Um, and and that often happens on sets where you go, God, this guy's having a real bit of an act over here. Yeah. And and in a movie, you want to get not unlike a, a football team, you want to get everyone in the same movie. Yeah. Because sometimes people are in a big comedy, people are underacting. It's like let's all be in the same style, yeah. be it naturalism, melodrama, you know, a thriller yeah. or whatever. You've got to make sure everyone's in the same film, and that's a good director. Yeah, but I just think uh, you know one of the favourite movies, but this guy unfortunately has passed away, and you would you would have known him, Heath Ledger, yeah. how he how he did uh, the Joker that time. That he went inside that character, didn't he? We don't oh, yeah. we know. That was an incredible performance. Um, yeah. I'm sure it was Batman, but mate, all I can remember that about that movie is him the way he was, you know. It's yeah, and then the passing, but you can just tell he was. Um, he actually he turned into that character. Oh yeah, and he was like that to be. I met him a couple of times. He's mesmerising to be around. He just has. He's beautiful. He has mm. energy. He's intelligent, and he and he was the most present guy. Like he when he met me, he just sits there listening to you, peering That's right yeah. into you. He's yeah. not one of those blokes looking over your shoulder yeah, in the okay. foyer going, where do I get a better job? Who can I talk to? He was such a sweet guy mm. as well. But, yeah, he was turning into a real character actor yeah. um, around the time of his death, which which added to the tragedy of, you know, yeah. he was just starting to show what he had. You know? Yeah, well, the, the good actors, and like I said, I've, I've been fortunate enough, I've never been on the movie set before, but when Russell did um, Cinderella Man, yeah, just going back, going through what had, had to happen, um, unfortunately, Russell... Remember at training, and uh, he had to th- had to throw all these punches. He had a like choreographer come out there, and I'll throw all these punches. Next thing, I thought someone shot him because he hit the ground that hard. But he blew his shoulder, and he had to have a shoulder operation, which nearly put eighty million dollar film into disarray. Put it back a few, put it back nearly two months. He had Errol Alcott come in because he got in touch with Shane Warne. He said, "Warne, he said Errol will fix it because he's an Australian physio." Next thing, Errol's overseas with us, and Russell, mate, dead said he had to get down get down to certain size and there's different scenes where he's fat and skinny. But I remember he's for rhythm as a boxer, he'd be in the lift we're going to work and he'd be, if he's shaking from side to side, I'm thinking, right. mate, what are you doing, mate? It was yeah. just the rhythm of being a boxer. Oh, he's he'd that skip good. And he's that for good, a character actor, it was quite amazing to see live. Just, sorry.
Just on acting, and early weeks throughout the week on Driver Joel and Fletch tipped us into White Lotus, and, and Brooksy yeah. loves it. Brooksy's all over I it. I believe I tipped you into it about a week and a half ago. <laughs> yes, you I'm going to claim that. Yes, you did. I don't think you guys listen to me. You wait till old, <laughs> old Ellie comes, Ellie comes in. Yes. Oh, I'm Ellie. And you're like, yeah, we'll yeah. listen to you. Yeah, that's right. You did yeah. tip us yeah, White no, Lotus. No, don't worry about no, it. No, but sometimes that happens in life where sometimes you get told something and it's in the memory bank, and then someone yeah, else tells you. Confirms it. Confirms it, right? Yeah. So, anyway. Um, we've been watching White Lotus, and we're only halfway through. So we get the halftime speech now. So three episodes down, three yeah, to yeah, come. Yeah, yeah. But you were telling us a fascinating story off air about how White Lotus come of age. Yeah, this because the writer Mike White, you you would know some of his other stuff. He wrote a, a TV series called Enlightenment, and Mike White. Yeah, Mike White. H- hence the name, you think? Yeah, and he and he um, and he wrote a couple of Ben Stiller movies mm. and stuff like this. And he's you know, um, big time American writer, but. I think, you know, and a mate of mine, Jermaine, has worked with him a couple of times. An actor, Jermaine Clement, has worked with him a couple of times. And he just said, look, I, I just love Hawaii. I never want to leave. So I'm yeah. just going to write as many things as I can so I can stay in Hawaii. But <laughs> HBO called him up. And because we're in COVID, yeah. um, you know, there wasn't, you can't shoot anything in America. Everything's in crisis. And he just said to Mike, can you write something in one location in Hawaii? I think that's all we can do. But if you write something, he goes... Leave it with me. Wow. Comes up with White Lotus. Wow. And, you know, there's there's a lot of shows now about diversity and those issues, and this is a very white show, yeah. but it's about that because it's about white entitlement. It's these couples, mm. these really rich middle upper class couples going to this Hawaiian resort and the kind of disregard for the native aspects of yeah. where it is. And, and that all just subtly comes through and you can see how hard these, you know, well-to-do white people are, are going at trying to enjoy themselves yeah. on holiday and the marital issues and the, the, the bloke who just wants, wants a better room and the woman with the, the mother's ashes. And it's so funny. It's so beautiful to look it's at. A, it's um, about stuff as well. Refreshing show because it's just very different to what you're used to seeing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's so... And there's something unnerving about it. Yeah. Like you're watching a normal drama. It's almost soapy a bit. And it's also beautiful, but something underneath it, you're like, oh, God, what's, you know, you feel like there's something lurking underneath yeah, it. Yeah. And I think that's the identification that we have with it, you know, that you go, oh, this is too familiar, Yeah. this holiday. Without giving it away, right, because yeah. I'm only at half time, yeah. could there be a number two or no? Oh, of course. I think as long as you have great characters, yes. Um, you know, the role of the writer is to take great characters, put them in a corner, and think you can't get them out. Just torture your characters. Yes. You know? And that, as long as you got great characters, you come up with another circumstance. Yes. Just to put them under pressure, because that's what we want to watch is the characters we fell in love with. And oh, I, I, I when I finished it, I, I saw I could watch this a hundred weeks in a row. Well, just yeah. keep doing it. Yeah. And everyone was so attractive as yeah. well. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a great Aussie guy in it who plays the hotel manager, yeah. and he's come out of nowhere. This bloke, like I think okay. he's been in LA plugging away, yeah, doing the odd commercial, and all of a sudden he's just—it's like his whole life yeah. was a collection of days up until his audition to play this guy. Now his career will change yeah. forever. Well, he's just built to yeah. play the hotel manager. So Murray Bartlett is the guy's name. Now I, right. I imagine Brendan that an actor—we uh, hadn't heard of Murray Bartlett—would no. be very similar to a boxer. You know, you get paid for your next one. Yeah. So Murray Bartlett would be fair to say, no, no dissimilar to Matt Burton at the Panthers. Yeah. You know, you get paid for tomorrow. So Matt Burton's flying, mm. not being remunerated accordingly right now, but his next gig, which is the Canterbury Bulldogs. So for the listeners out there, if you're having a stab at the dark and if you're the manager of Murray Bartlett, this is his first one. <laughs> what would he be getting for White Lotus? 
Is he scrapping oh, away? He 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 would be getting you know there's there's equity rates which is you know SAG rates actually in America Screen Screen Actors Guild. Yes. So he he'd probably be on a day rate. Yep. Um, because he probably you know or or a weekly rate of a few grand. Yep. You know, a few grand a week. Yep. Um, a lot of the actors in big Marvel movies and things like that will take a low fee. So they'll take a hundred grand for the six months. Yep. But I want ten percent of my figurines, yep. of the oh, musicals, wow. of the animation and all yep. that stuff. So you chuck you you jam up the big end on the on the stuff and you just take your eighty grand, hundred grand to, to, to see you through. And um, but yeah, he would have been grateful to be there, so he wouldn't have got paid that, at all. That's my point. A, now, a lost leader in many ways. Yeah, but he might get his own comedy now, of you know, and or he might get cast in a thriller. So it's massive for him. Oh, it's a it's a game changer. He's on the mm. map. He yeah. wasn't on the map. Now he's on the map. Yeah. And you just and and you can do that in three scenes. Yep. Like you can come in and steal three scenes, and it'll change you. But yeah. I love those blokes who just hung around for the love of it, and then bang, they pop later on in life. I mean, Jeffrey Rush was similar with Shine. You know what I mean? He was 50. And okay. when he did this little movie called Shine, they didn't yeah. know that he was going to nominate for an Oscar. Yeah. He came in after an hour. Yeah. He's only got 45 minutes of screen time. <laughs> Bang, Oscar. Wow. Life changed. Wow. You talk about life change also. You, mate, who was the guy, Mr. In Between, who actually wrote it and he's the main lead? I, I haven't you ever met watched that guy? Mr. In Between. You I haven't? I've got nothing on it. Wow, man. I've got It gives a couple other Australian people. We know Matt Nable gets a run. And it was right in his wheelhouse the way he was. Ian Roberts got a run. And I actually, the death scene Ian does is one of the best I've ever seen. Right. And I actually yeah, sent I him a text that made um, Robbo, it's the Academy Award performance for your death scene. But um, this guy, you know, we talk about, you know, opportunities. It sounds like he, uh, he wrote it and uh, he was the main lead. Scott Ryan. Scott Ryan's the uh, the guy, yeah. He did a good job. Uh, Ray, what's his name? Ray Ray. Ray. I just always wonder if his teeth. You see his teeth, though. But yeah, check out White Lotus if you've got Binge, which is like the the drama version of KO. It's Foxtel's um, drama app. Yep. Binge and that's got Mayor of East Town and um and some really mm. Sally Forever. It's got some really good stuff on there. Binge, uh, rightio. Now, uh, who's had a good week in rugby league? Canberra Raiders. Well, they're through. Uh, well, they're still alive. They've got a pulse at the moment. The Newcastle Knights. They've had a good week because they're guaranteed a spot into the finals. Uh, who else has had a good week? Well, who hasn't had a good week? Well, the Roosters. They lose Joey Manu. Yeah, Another one goes on the list. The South Sydney Rabbitohs, they win 54 points to something, and they also haven't had a good week because likely they'll lose Latrell Mitchell. But the Bulldogs, this is the kind of week they've had. It started out with a kiss. How did it end up like this? It started off with Adam Elliott, Millie Boyle, and now the attention turns to Lockie Lewis. So Lockie Lewis, the Canterbury Bulldogs halfback, is under investigation by the NRL Integrity Unit after allegedly taking property belonging to the club and attempting to sell it on eBay. <laughs> you, you couldn't, like, your man White, what's his first name? Mike. Mike White. Mike White could not have written this, I don't think. He uh, pro- I, I've heard it's in the works. He's, yeah. doing, a, he's <laughs> doing an NRL special. But, uh, yeah... No promo, no promo. Um, the other, the other night on NRL three hundred and sixty, it was just almost a comedy itself to see 
Crawley, Buzz Rothfield and Paul Kent discussing the innocence mm. of a kiss in a toilet. Yeah. And I thought, <laughs> wow, NRL has gone to new levels. And they were getting so passionate in their heated arguments about whether a kiss in the toilet is innocent. We've all done it, yeah. have we? And Kent, I've never seen Kent as angry yeah. about about an innocent kiss in the toilets and the fact these two men believed it was innocent. I thought if, if aliens came down from outer space, they would not know, have known that this was a rugby league show. You would have thought that this was married at first sight or something like that. But, yeah, um, uh, unbelievable. The, the rugby league soap opera keeps on rolling mm. through town, as it does with, with the Luttrell issue. It's like the dramas never stop. But Lockie Lewis has sold a speaker on eBay. Oh, he's, he, yes. So, so this is this is what's happened. So he sold a speaker, which was given to them and the club from the NRL, right? Yeah. Um, but imagine if we went down to you know the mall in Brisbane uh, or the mall in in uh, Melbourne, Adelaide, Adelaide whatever the case may be, and West you Field. surveyed a thousand people, and you led with this, right? Uh, you got this from Channel Nine, and it says Nine's Danny Wilder reports the Bulldogs board is discussing the serious matter after the issue was discovered by the club in the past 24 hours about Lachlan Lewis. So if you were only given that clip and they said, righto, we're going to survey a 1,000 people, tell us what's happened, right? How many people in all of those capital cities answer, Lockie Lewis has tried to sell a speaker on eBay? What's he on at the Bulldogs? 450,000 apparently. He's, he's on 450. Yeah. He's struggling for 500. And what's yeah. and that that's a fair bit of money. I don't know about you, Spud, yeah, but speaker. that's a that's a fair speaker. That's, that's a, a subwoofer at least. Some bit of bit of sub, bit of bass. <laughs> <laughs> you whack the old Chemical Brothers on that yeah. on a Saturday night. But another stat for you, uh, Brenda. I know you're the king of stats. Um, yeah, mate, I love. Um, it. I heard something this week. Um, the Canterbury side as a whole team of what is there thirty in the team? They've only scored two hundred eighty-four points. Oh yeah. Okay. There's one guy in the competition. Plays for Manly, winger. He's he's had a fantastic year. He has scored two hundred and seventy four points by himself. How many the Bulldogs got? Two eighty four. There's a difference. So he's of 10. ten behind. It's embarrassing. Wow. Ruben Garrick. Ruben Garrick has scored the same amount of points as the Bulldogs, but has he found his way into the electrical goods service industry? That's right. <laughs> Lachlan Lewis has. I think. Um, I think we, we, um, we, we, we've got some reports of it uh, after the break. So we're going to take a break and we're going to have it very, very shortly. Just before we go to the break, Brendo, has anything like this happened in the acting world? Do you know what? It's funny you say that. I I, um, I once did a B-grade horror movie right. uh, called Salem's Lot. Yes. Um, it was when there was the um, Hollywood on the Gold Coast and they used to do all these B-grade movies and all that <laughs> stuff. Xena, Princess Warrior. Oh, yeah. I did a one called Monster. Um, and I played in, in Salem's lot, I played Dud, who was a kind of uh, mentally retarded man who worked at the tip and I had a limp. Um, and Rutger Hauer was in it. Donald Sutherland was in it. Uh, Samantha Morton. Am I getting them mixed up? Anyway, Rob Lowe was in, it was in this and Rob Lowe, Rob Lowe. And he'd come off, um, you know, what was the lawyer one with the tall doors and he's walking through, uh, the really, oh. the you know, the really good show with the really good. The, uh, God, I've lost my mind. That's okay. We'll get it. Um, so he he was a big star again, Rob, and he he was very upset at the um, he was very upset at the uh, accommodation. He wouldn't stay in this hotel in Melbourne. They got him a five star hotel. Wouldn't stay there. They said they got him his own. I oh, wow. wouldn't stay in this apartment. They eventually bought him a house. Oh, on the on the Did on they? the river, not the West Wing. West Wing, West yeah, Wing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he come off West Wing, 
Um, one of my favourite shows I could remember. You know, and you just can't see yeah, something. Yeah, blank. Um, yeah, and and he came up to West Wing, and so they they end up buying him a, a million dollar house on the water, just for this eight weeks or whatever that he was there. They put in stereo. They put in an Xbox. You know, a blender. Um, the Nintendo, all this stuff for him that he'd ordered. Yep. Apparently, Rob is finally happy. Right. Everyone, Rob's happy, Rob's happy. And, you know, there was a couple of nights on set where, you know, kids had come across the street. We're setting up for a change, and a kid had come up for an autograph. He'd go, give me my space, please. Like, uh-huh. he wouldn't sign it, that kind well. of stuff. And I was like, you know, the, I'm a young actor going, oh, wow, so this really exists. Because if you do that in Australia, you do it as a joke. Yeah. And then you go over and you meet the yeah. whole family. That's right. You know what I mean? And that's <laughs> Australian. We used to do that as a joke. No, 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 don't come near me. Don't look me in the eye. <laughs> yeah. But then I'm seeing it live. I'm oh. going, all oh, right, so that happens. <laughs> I thought it was a joke. Wow. Anyway, um, Rob leaves the set, goes back to America. The producers are like, you know what he did? He took the blender, the Nintendo, the Xbox, <laughs> all the stuff that they'd put in the house. Rob Lowe, no. multi, multi-millionaire, took off with the old Xbox. There's some flogs out there, isn't there? I'm looking at him now. I've got him up on the Wikipedia page. Uh, Rob, I know you're listening because you do listen to yeah, Coach Tom on a Saturday. You're an A-grade, mate. Massive Titans fan. <laughs> you're, yeah. <laughs> you're an A-grade. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Bradbury moment. Boys, Paul Hogan got to start on new faces. New faces, yeah. And the rest is history. The rest is history. I mean, I have to look through the the litany mm. of people that were on Neighbours yeah. and see where they all took off to with the Margot Robbies and the Guy Pierces And, mm. like, um, I started on Home and Away, and look at me. I'm here on crunch time. You know <laughs> what I mean? So <laughs> anything can happen. What, what, what are you, what's your saying about dreams? Dreams are free, Brendan. Exactly. Uh, this one coming through. Uh, oh, well, there you go. Hey, boys, uh, can you include in your call today the character Brendan played in the TV show Soulmates. Soulmates, Harry Cunston. Yes. Yeah, that was from the um, Bondi Hipsters. That yeah. was a Bondi Hipsters, and I played a Kiwi cop, I believe. Harry. Um, Harry Cunston. Oh, yeah. yeah. Be yeah. careful word, with that. Yeah, yeah very... especially when they made me say it a lot in a Kiwi yeah. accent. Yes. Uh, um, Tom from Newington <laughs> writes that, by the, the way. Bondi Hipsters. He also says, is Mrs. Cowell on today? Yeah, I think we should give Eve on yeah. a call we'll later to call. see what oh, yeah. her take is uh, on Broncos. Is she as passionate as you are as with this odd? Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, Would yeah. she have any some sort of gear on, oh, as in clothing, I mean, Take some sort of apparatus. No, no apparatus, apparel. You, get, you put one book out, <laughs> now you're asking me what, oh, no, what no, my no, mother's no, wearing. I love your, mate, how I love your mum. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, fucking clearly. Apparel. <laughs> apparel. Um, look, mum, what are you wearing? Uh, Spud wants, Spud Carroll wants to know. No, <laughs> because everyone you walk, I can't believe you actually, you're, um, you're sort of, to me, I look at you, you look like you're dressed nude, because you've got no sharks, apparel. Yeah, no, I, 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 um. I've toned it down a bit today because mm. most of it's, um, you know, quite winter seasoned. But I'll, I'll get the windbreaker on. I bought a windbreaker for my nephew Hamish and I because we were going, we were going to Net Strata every weekend. Yeah, and we had, we had a nice seat that, um, you know, uh, Ben hooked us up with, and I was loving it there because it's close to um, Sydney. Where's Net Strata? Net Strata Jubilee. Jubilee. Uh, Change that name again. Yeah. Cogra. Oh, mate, imagine so it was so much net... more pleasant for me coming from Bronte or Newtown. It was 20 minutes. Get a park across the road. You're back in the, you know, it was great. Um, oh. But I'll, I'll have the uh, the windbreaker in the hat. Mum's got some mm. gear on as well. Uh, I'll text you a photo of her later. Okay. Uh, good afternoon, boys. Sorry, Joel, but the Panthers were the last team to beat the Storm in round three. The Eels beat them in round three. Okay. Uh, cheers, Big G. I, I reckon you're right, Big G, but we'll check that out as well. Is the West Tigers in 2005 a bravery moment? Uh, yeah, I suppose it is. Uh, Mark... 
Coincidentally, this morning I was switching channels and Seven had a story about one-hit wonders in movies and the real-life person played by Charlie from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That was the only movie he did. Uh, maybe yeah, a sliding doors um, for him. What about Luke uh, Sky, you know, Skywalker? Yeah. It was Mark, Mark Hamill, Hamm- wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Like he, he kind of went into obscurity as well. Is that, because, is that because can a role be too big? I reckon, yeah. yeah. I mean, you look at the cast of Friends or Seinfelds mm. and those kind of people, yeah, and they Seinf- try to then even the guy from um, Breaking Bad. Yeah. You're like, sorry, mate, you're Walter White. Yeah, like that's who you are. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> like you can do your best, but you'll always be Walter White. And um, yeah, you, especially if they're not chameleons and they don't then go and disappear into other parts. Yeah. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the way to have your Seinfeld is one of my favourite Kramer. I've never seen him in anything else. I think he got in a bit of trouble after that. A bit Did of a loose unit. Yeah. Not not a very nice person, apparently. No, a bit of, uh, some racial slurs on a highway, mm. I think. Yeah, and uh, he it. went rogue uh, as a comedian okay. or something as well. Yeah. So. Uh, it was a pretty ordinary uh, finish to his career, mm. I would have thought. Hey, boys, here's the update. So I did this tweet about uh, Rabbitohs fans to be any chance of winning the comp. Who is your fullback? 13% say Walker, so he's ruled out as far as they're concerned. Uh, 19% say Latrell Mitchell uh, somehow gets off. Right. Dreams are free. <laughs> Dreams are free. <laughs> Dreams are free. Uh, the number one pick, though, Blake Taff. So they think uh, Blake Taff at 33% is the number one pick at this stage if the Rabbitohs are to be any chance, uh, yeah. there is the way to go there. Do you reckon the gladiator is um, making his way down to Volandi's house oh, yeah. at the moment? Oh, yeah. G'day, Pete. G'day, Pete. I'm the gladiator. You got a minute? Uh, you got a minute? <laughs> You've seen me movies. You've heard me band. Yeah. Do you want to have a chat? Do you want to be in my next movie, yeah. Pete? <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, that. Pete, actually, Pete, I, I've always seen you as a movie star. Why don't we do a movie together? Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You know, come to Hollywood with me. I'll show you the treatment. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Is that happening right oh, now? Oh, you never know. <laughs> you never, never know. Uh, have you say one three hundred oh one eleven seventy? This is crunch time. Uh, Brendan Cow, Spud Carroll, I'm Joel Kane. A break and back with plenty more. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.